Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight we take our look at some of the national stories making the week's headlines while Gary Edgington joins us to look forward <laughs> to the weekend's cricket. <laughs> Definitely they won't be playing at Ladham if you saw the pictures on TV tonight. And in between all that, we get time to play Test Tony. Welcome indeed to Radio Newark Sport and these are those aforementioned headlines. And of course we do start with the sad news that Leighton Orient manager and former Tottenham Portsmouth defender Justin Edinburgh passed away at the weekend aged just 49. He was taken to hospital the previous Monday after falling ill unexpectedly. And of course he had just led Orient to the National League title and FA Trophy final. They're back in the Football League. Justin Edinburgh died of a cardiac arrest last weekend. Steve Clark's reign as Scotland head coach got off to a dramatic start thanks to an Oliver Burke late winger against the might of Cyprus in the Euro, in the Euro 2012 qualifying. By Wednesday, normal service had resumed. 3-0 <laughs> defeat to Belgium. Northern Ireland made it four wins from four in their Euro 2020 qualifying campaign with victories over Estonia and Belarus. The only problem is they've now got back-to-back matches home underway against Germany and Holland. Methinks they might not be top much longer. And it's been, what, 12, 13 days since Liverpool lifted the Champions League trophy? But the starting gun has already been fired for next season's competition. Four teams from Andorra, Gibraltar, Kosovo and San Marino were in Tuesday's draw for the preliminary round, which will take the form of a mini-tournament in Kosovo. The semi-finals of this on June the 25th and the final on the 28th, with the winner earning a spot in the Champions League first qualifying round. Of course, if my memory serves me correct, the Gibraltar side are Lincoln Red Imps. Did they not beat Celtic a couple of years ago? Surely Celtic should be in there then. Britain's four-time cycling champion, um, Chris Froome, suffered a fraction right leg and and broke his elbow, fractured his ribs in a high-speed crash that's ruled him out of the Tour de France. Um, that was the story. And how did it happen? Well, apparently he was going downhill 40 mile an hour when he took his hands off the steering wheel to blow his nose and managed to hit a wall. Get well soon, Chris. Tony, we do start with the sad news. I mean, 49-year-old Justin Edinburgh just took Leighton Orient, one of the oldest clubs, um, and loved clubs. He's got a lovely old-fashioned stadium. They are what football is all about in my world. And at 49, he passes away with a cardiac arrest. It's terrible. Yeah, apparently he'd been to the gym and... Um uh, <clears throat> suffered a heart attack at the gym and uh, then um, five days later uh, uh, he, he passed away it's, it's some of the tributes that have come out especially in the non-league paper have, have been you like that now yeah, don't you you, that, you really uh, have talked to absolutely that absolutely love it 
and and the tributes are heartfelt, especially from one of the uh, reporters who's, who describes how uh, Justin was always ready to come up with, uh, you know, sort of a chat at the end of a game. And uh, it, the, the, the reporter very um, surprisingly said, and that every time you had an interview with him afterwards, somehow you felt uplifted by it. So if a reporter's saying that, imagine what it's like to get a team talk off the guy before you cross the white line. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a, a sad day for Orient and for football, and you know, obviously our condolences um, with his family. But it's uh, terrible, terrible news last weekend. Um, Steve Clark is the head coach of Scotland. They beat Cyprus, which they had to do because if they didn't, it wouldn't be the end of the <laughs> world for them. But you know, you've got. Scotland have, cannot be in the Cyprus category, can they? They've got to be at least oh, a level was, above that. It, I mean, getting beat three one in three nil in Belgium. Well, okay, that's. There's, I think uh, I think he's got off to an excellent start. Um, comprehensive win against the uh, football power that is Cyprus, and there's nothing you can do with three lucky offside goals against Belgium. You know, they've been like that for a long time, Belgium. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, very, very much. Um, I liked, I liked it when you uh, uh, inadvertently said three one. You making it sound good. Yeah, you sound even better. <laughs> Chris Froome. I mean, I, I know what you think of cycling, and I know why you're going to tell me he was blowing his nose. But um, we'll let that one go. But um, <clears throat> apparently, there's a gale force wind blowing, forty mile an hour down this hill, very sort of twisty. You know, like these. Um, I think he was in was he in France or, or Portugal somewhere. Um, don't know. In in, in the pre race two that that Tour de France, and, and yeah, I suppose that's what he does all the time because these guys are capable of riding yeah. no handed. But I, I mean, apparently he <sighs> cracked into this wall at forty mile an hour, and he's he's actually an intensive curse. So yeah, no, it's, it, it, it it sounds horrendous. <laughs> I mean, like in the London Marathon, I hit the wall, but I wasn't doing forty miles an hour, so. Yeah, but he it, he did it a wall. Mm, yeah, yeah. They don't tend to to bend when you hit them walls. No, but I, I bet I wish he had sleeves now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's knocked him out probably for a year, hasn't it? Top class racing, really. Fortunate phrase, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as you say, we're laughing about this, uh, but you know the guy is in intensive care, mm. so um, you know just. Uh, it, it is it, it's just it's a freak accident but as as we've said before when we were talking about a tt last week if you're on two wheels you take your chances don't you yeah you know it's dangerous enough when you mix speed with four wheels but if you do it on two then um, it is a gamble barcelona and argentina forward Leonardo Messi is the world's highest paid athlete um, earning £99.8 million. Pounds. Eh? £99 million. £99 million pound in the last 12 months alone. Mm. Juventus's Portugal forward, Cristiano Ronaldo, is second on £85.6 million, while Neymar is third on £82.5 million. This is what they've earned mm. in 12 months. Yeah, I know the top of the profession... And that's probably an argument. Um, last year's highest earner was Floyd Mayweather, but he's dropped off the list completely. 
Serena Williams is the only woman in the top 100, earning 22.9 million, five-time Formula One champion, um, and uh, Lewis Hamilton, and former heavyweight world champion Anthony Joshua are the highest British earners in um, at 13th place on 43 million pound a year. Mm. Obscene figures, yes. Um, argument: <clears throat> they are top of the profession, mm. which they all are. Um, I don't know. Is that money? Does it bother you? Who's the highest paid pop star? Who's the highest highest paid actor? Actress. We ne- we never hear about that, do we? <clears throat> There's millions and millions of pounds in the entertainment industry, and um, and sport is part of the entertainment industry. So, you know, when you consider that um, <clears throat> the Premier League gets 170 million pounds from TV deals alone to share out, then um, you know there's a lot of money about. And if they're the top guys, fair dues. You know, it just grates me, and it always has done. That why doesn't that some of the money come down to <clears throat> what people lovingly call grassroots? Why do our youngsters have to fund themselves? Why does that mean, with no disrespect, if somebody's born on the council estate whose mum and dad are not really sports minded or bothered, stands a mm. chance of progressing in sport in this country? Um, but then again, and, and I know that's my perfect world. But but if 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 Daniel Craig gets X multi million pounds for being James Bond, they're not going to see a penny of it at the palace, are they? No, 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 no. You're that's right. Like, that's the way it goes. That's you're life. right. It's just me wanting the yeah. world to be perfect. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um, <clears throat> as, as I say the. Um, it's, it's it's the entertainment industry, and, and you you can't question it because. The second highest paid sports person in the world is uh, Ronaldo. Those two are at the top of their profession in the same way that the highest paid actor or actress or pop star is. And, you know, yeah, that, fair enough. You know, rake it in. Good luck to them. Oh, good luck to them. It's just... I, I, I'm just... Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean... They're on serious, serious money, but, you know, I mean... At floor serve, we just laugh at sums like that, you know... <laughs> yes, plus they're still going. I don't know. I've not heard from them lately, but I assume so. Well, you've not mentioned them all week, so I just wonder. No, well, I've, I've not heard from anybody. I'm, I'm only the communication. The communication, the communication, whatever you are. <laughs> not... That's easy for you to say. It is, yes. But <clears throat> I did see a snippet of news. Uh, <clears throat> apparently, uh, we are definitely in the. Uh, Midlands Football League Premier Division. Yes, you are, and um, I've got. We'll talk about that next week because we're having a couple of days next week when it's just me and the, and that's one of the stories for next week. Um, now it's been confirmed. Just as a, a just a, a complete aside in how my um, professional football world affects my personal life, me and Lucy are going on holiday for a week uh, to Cromer to a delightful little cottage, and. Um, it involves going there the first Saturday of the football season, coming back the second Saturday of the football season. So <clears throat> it just depends when the fixtures come out, where we are going to be in the Midlands Football League Premier Division, 
at home or away, either of those two, because it's going to be a hell of a late arrival or a heck of a you've uh, got early, City, early departure. You've got Worcester City away on the second yeah. on, on the second Saturday <laughs> of that holiday. Let's just let's just see if it's Craig Roach or Lucy Millard who's actually in charge of you. <laughs> You're going to Cromer, so um, one question, I'll ask, and we'll see, no. I'll, I'll give you 40 minutes to work out the no, answer. No, 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 not Cromer, Blakeney. Well, that's near enough. It's near Hunstanton. Right. It's actually halfway between the two, but don't worry about it. Oh. You're going nearly to Cromer. Who is Cromer's fav- most famous son? I don't know. Right. I will tell you that later on. Cromer's most famous son. Yeah. I do know that Cromer is the only peer left in the country that's got uh, entertainment at the end of it. What about Yarmouth, Britannia Pier? Uh, well, this is that's a fact you've got completely wrong. This is just something I heard on Escape to the Country. They're wrong. They must be, it's Escape to the Country, it must be right. They are wrong. Right, um, very quickly, um, you may have noticed this week it's rained. Yeah. It's rained quite a lot this week, in fact. In Newark, we've had over five inches of rain since Monday morning, which is a phenomenal amount of rain. Um, and looking at Laddam's cricket pitch tonight, they're not going to be playing a lot of cricket for a long time. Um, we're into the second week of the... I don't look at Kellam Road. ...of the ICC World Cup, with three matches already abandoned without a ball being bowled, and I see the game at Trent Bridge today didn't yeah, last yeah, more yeah. than ten did, minutes. Did, 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 didn't didn't this did they start I at all? I don't know. In a competition, so. in a competition that lasts six and a half weeks, why the heck can't they have reserve days? Because England haven't played for a week. Mm. What I mean, apparently they're they're difficult to organise. Reserve days are. Well, I'm sorry. That's what organisers are there for to organise. The Bangladesh coach is a Bradford lad, Stephen Rhodes, and he said if they can put a man on the moon. How come we can't have, have reserve days in, in the world in the cricket World Cup? Yeah, I, I just cannot see. Yes, I, I appreciate it's difficult. I I accept it's difficult. Difficulties there to be overcome. Sure, um, factoring a reserve day into every match will be significantly increase the length of the tournament, and practically would be extremely complex to deliver. Why, when you've got five days between matches? Mm. So it, it, it wouldn't. It would impact on pitch pressure, uh, preparation. It wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. It, uh-uh. it, it, it wouldn't do, because you're preparing pitches for more than a 50-over match, aren't you? Then that, that track is going to get used again. Mm. Mm. Team recovery and travel days. Team recovery. They used to play in four and five days. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I mean, the excuses that they are coming out with... Are ridiculous until you get to this one, and this is probably the most important one: broadcasting logistics. <laughs> and I think that's the one. Yeah. At the end of all this, that's the one that hits the nail on the head. But I've been listening all day to nothing happening at Trent Bridge on Five Live Extra, and it's been on since nine thirty in the morning. And uh, it was still on when I got here at, uh, what was it, about five past seven tonight. Thank you, Bethan. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Thank you, Bethan. And, uh, but basically, um, they, um, they filled in all those hours talking about rain or having a chat about cricket. And it's the one sport 
where you can sit there without beer and still have fun. Because people have been doing it for years, sat in dressing rooms, looking out the window at the rain, and it's still a crack in that And go back room. to your hotel, then turn up again in the morning, and hope it's not raining, and play it. And just because it's not booked to be on Sky or BT <laughs> or whatever, tough. It's for the people that watches it, not for the TV, which seems to be what our, all our sport goes around these days. It's time for this. Something that we like to call Test Tony. It's the birthdays of the week. I give the name and tells me, and Tony tells me a little bit about the people that I name. Yes, I am going to do that. Don't panic about it. I haven't asked you I yet. I don't know why, but it always comes as a surprise every week. Well, it shouldn't, because this is what we do every week. So, born on the 8th of June in the year of 1932, Raymond Illingworth. Oh, yeah. Um, is a, a, a guy who comes from my neck of the woods. Um, uh, a great stalwart of Putsy St. Lawrence Cricket Club in West Yorkshire, and he still is, I think, their groundsman at the, at the ripe old age of 110 or whatever he is these days. But, um, your archetypal Yorkshire cricketer. Very, very good and stubborn as hell. <laughs> and by absolute total coincidence, born on the 8th of June 1945, Derek Underwood. <laughs> Deadly Derek. Absolutely. I mean, he, he, he made um, he, he, he made the art of left arm spin sexy, didn't he? You know, it's just abs- it, it, it absolutely made a magical art form out of it. I, I just remember, and I... I, I it must have been late 60s, 70s. The, they didn't use to cover the pitches yeah, exactly. for a couple of seasons. And I remember him in his whites with his, his shirt hanging out of his yeah. trousers, bowling for England and the sort of slip cord and went <laughs> yeah, sort but, of <laughs> in a circle, quite honestly. But if, if, if you got him on a sticky dog, as they call yeah. it, it basically, he was unplayable. And you know, like so, he had a he had a ring cordon inside a ring cordon, didn't he? It was just uh, it's brilliant, absolutely. It, 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 it would have been amazing to have faced him. Occasionally, we leave the world of sport because he, he's quite good on sports. I, I'll <laughs> give him credit for that. Occasionally, we leave the world of sport. So, born on the 9th of June, seventeen eighty-one. <laughs> yeah, George Stevenson. The Rockets. Very good. Well done. Snooker player. No, no. <laughs> known as the father of railways. In fact, he wasn't because they were sort of invented in, in Cornwall. But oh, that's another story entirely. But uh, yes, uh, he was the but, man that but, 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 yeah, he uh, was known as the father <clears throat> of railways. Yeah, but it, it's <clears throat> certainly played his part amongst uh, um, um, some uh, remarkable men of, yes. of, of, of that period in the world. On the 11th of June, 1939, Jackie Stewart was born. Mm. Wonderful racing driver from Scotland, and um, as I've said before on the programme, did amazing things to um, improve the safety of the sport because all his mates were dying every weekend. And uh, he, he decided enough was enough. 
Uh, his wife of 61 years is now suffering tremendously from Alzheimer's, and there's a wonderful article in The Telegraph uh, a few months ago about how wonderfully, lovingly he looks after her in her situation these days, and it's, it, it brings a tear to your eye, that. It brings a tear to your eye, does that article. Absolutely fantastic. How love carries on lasting after 61 years and is still as strong, and he should have seen this picture from their early... She was absolutely stunning. Absolute stunner. You can see why he stuck with her, bless him. 27 Grand Prix wins and three World Championships. Mm. And this was in a day and age when you said safety wasn't really even oh, yeah. thought of yeah. and um, the cars wasn't driven by computers that just needed somewhere to sit in there and steer them. Yeah, it was, it was in the days when motor racing was about humans and not machines. When it was a sport. Mm. Um, the 13th of June in 1955, Alan Hansen was born. You'll never win anything with kids. <laughs> that will be his epitaph, won't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, in fact they've got t-shirts, I'm sure, yeah. about it. But, uh, but still, tremendous uh, pundit but I could never watch him without thinking, how the hell did he do that with his forehead? Because he's got a massive scar down the middle mm. of his forehead, hasn't he? I, I, I nev it's never been said <coughs> exactly how it came about that. But I've also seen <coughs> documentaries on television written and starring Alan Hansen, football documentaries about various super stars of sport, particularly Liverpool and Scotland. And he does a fantastic documentary as well. Really, really talented bloke. Died on the 10th of June in the year 2000, age 70, was Brian Statham. Lancashire and England bowler, fast bowler. And um, absolutely dynamite. Um, but um, before my time, but uh, from <clears throat> my time at Old Trafford watching cricket... Uh, people talk about him in, in great and glowing terms, much in the same way that in this neck of the woods people talk about Gary Sobers. He was that highly thought of. And again, I'll give you a bit of a clue. We're moving away from sport. Because died on the 11th of June 1979, aged 72 years old, Marion Mitchell Morrison. Mm, uh. Don't know. Shall I give you it, the person's stage name? All right. John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> ah, now then, I, I do remember the Marion bit. Yeah, Marion Mitchell Morrison was John Wayne. The hell I will. Yeah. I think I sounded like John Wayne there. Yeah, the yeah. hell yeah, I he, will. He, he, he certainly walked like him, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's funny, isn't it? You can almost be... Because, I mean, John Wayne was in countless films, wasn't he? But if anybody said to you, name me the cat, name me a cowboy, <laughs> it's John Wayne, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is yeah. John Wayne, because yeah. he was... Yeah, it'd, it'd be either him or Billy or Sheds, yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's um, <clears throat> absolutely... Um, that, that absolute legend. I mean, he, he is the archetypal cowboy actor. Indeed. Yeah. I'll do it again. The hell I will. <laughs> <laughs> but um, everybody talks about um, a former American president uh, being a, a former cowboy, Ronald Reagan. Reagan, yeah. I can, I've never seen a film with him in it. Ever. 
I think there are some, aren't they? Ah. I'm, I'm going to move on be- before you start talking about American presidents and cowboys. It, could, it, could, it really <laughs> could take us where I don't want this to go. It's a very short link to Trump, yeah, isn't I, it? Yeah, I don't really want to take this any further. Um, did you realise that um, Monday of this week marked the 50th anniversary of Newcastle United last winning the major trophy? It was the Intercity's first cup. Intercity's 50 first years. Cup, yeah. And they still can fill that stadium twice over when they play football. It's remarkable. And I know we've said it countless times on this show, but it's remarkable. I'm trying to think of Joe's second name, who was the manager. Oh, Bobby Moncare was the captain. Yeah, Joe Joe was the uh, manager. Well, that's two things you've got to think about now, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember his second name. But, um, yeah. Legend, legendary team up in the northeast, and also legendary shirt as well. That was a heck of a strip, that was. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Brilliant kit. Oh, it, it most it most certainly was. Talking about legends, you know I like to use the word legend quite yeah. quite easily and quite often. <laughs> quite but, quite um, liberally. Um, <laughs> we met a lady last night, both of us met a lady last night for the first time. That, oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and she was absolutely Appar- charming. Apparently, and, I'd met her before. Apparently, during my time at the advertiser, she was uh, a, 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 con- a constantly, constantly in touch with me, and, and says that uh, her children have got thousands of pages of scrapbooks from stuff that I've always oh, the same headline. But no, no, no. But I, 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 I was looking at her and then listening to her. And I just couldn't think who the heck she was. Obviously, through the sort of yeah. Uh, anyway, the point for today sort of links. The point I'm trying to make is, she told us a wonderful story, which we didn't actually get finished. Um, she told us a wonderful story about her life, which included um, giving talks to school children in Argentina and omitting to say that her father was the man that put the bombs underneath Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Um, school all over the world, and now Volentino. Her name was Pat Bailey, and the um, podcast is already up. I think there was that impressed here last night. They worked through the night and they've got the podcast up in the night. So if you want to, if you missed it last night, you want to listen to it, just go to our website and uh, listen to Pat's story. And this is how you do it. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony. Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Okay, around about half past seven on a Thursday night, we try and get in touch with Gary Edgerton down there in sunny, glorious. All right, mate, I'll put you on live. Well, it's not sunny and glorious because it's, a- it's actually the county that has the M5 running through it to get to the sunny and glorious Cornwall. And I know that for a fact today because it was raining in Exeter at lunchtime and was sun shining in West Cornwall, which proves once and again that Cornwall is so much better than Devon. Uh, so it's a good time to say good evening to Gary Edgerton. Hello, Gary. Good evening. How are you? I'm not so bad. 
Um, now, I, you won't have um, seen, or you won't have probably even heard, but there's pictures going around of Loudham's cricket ground, and the rain, the the um, lake that is there now is as as deep as the covers are high. Well, I've just uh, I'm a member of the cricket grounds of Great Britain group, and I've just posted the picture. I even watched East Midlands news today on Sky tonight. Right. Got to be got to be up on the weather conditions, mate. If I'm giving you that information. Well, we've had upwards of five inches of rain here since Monday morning, Gary. Um, John at Collingham tells me that the covers are holding, but it's the outfield, even at Dalefield, is saturated. Well, I don't think there's much cricket this weekend, but we shall see. Forecast is better tomorrow, but it's not dry. And it's it looks at the moment like it could be dry on Saturday. Yeah, the damage has, has been done, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I had people on Tuesday asking me, what's the earliest we can call a game off? <laughs> well, I think you ought to let Ladham do it. <clears throat> well, I don't know. They could, you know. I mean, I, I've got, I got a, a little. So I was talking to my mate earlier tonight, and and I know he's going to be listening. Uh, his name is Roy Dallas, and Roy is only about four foot and a few inches tall. And if he was coming in the bowl, he'd have to have a snorkel on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go back to football for a moment because the phone was ringing um, earlier on. We obviously couldn't answer it because Will's live on there, but I'd, I'd know the, re- the reason the um, phone was ringing. And um, I have got to let Tony know that Flowserve are away for the first three weeks of the season. Opposition unknown at the moment. So if you want to watch Flowserve play in the Midland Football League, it looks like you're going to have to wait until September. Yeah. And Tony is busy thinking at the moment because he's going on holiday to somewhere near Cromer and <laughs> I've asked him who Cromer's most famous son is. Do you know, Gary? No, but I do know the manager of Newcastle United. Ah, go on, that'll put him out of his misery. Joe Harvey. Ah, thank you. <laughs> and they beat, they beat an Hungarian side, Yupesh Doja. Yeah, in indeed. Time. You should know the song, Off to See Joe Harvey's Aces. <laughs> well, lads, we're off to see it. I can do I can do a John Wayne as well. The hell I will. Anyway, Gary, we've got two matches to talk about before we're going to talk about something that I forgot to tell Tony about. Um, we've got two matches to talk about. Bolton. Oh, hold on, the wife's mobile's going... <laughs> in your phone. This is live, folks. <laughs> We're live in Devon to Gary's wife's mobile. <laughs> Only on Radio New at Sport. It's like the bit like the BT exchange. She's on the landline. I'm on my mobile. Yeah. Her mobile goes. I wanted, mate. Probably the police. We wanted. Yes. Well, you live in Devon. You would be. I thought it was Paul Hyde calling from the shower. Um, Right, um, two matches last weekend, and only two matches to talk about. Um, The first was Bolton. Um, I'm told they didn't actually get 19 points, I've been telling everybody all week. No, 16 points in a winning draw, 212 for 8, beating Kimberley, who scored 145 for 6. But it it was 19 or 16. They made it pay to play while nobody else odd or hardly anybody else was playing and it's not moved them up the table at all but it, it's really put them on the heels of the two teams above them yeah in fact there were only four games played in the entire South Notch League last week 
that's incredible that two games can, with our team. So uh, that's not a bad little effort from the groundsman <laughs> at two grounds. As I say, if only four, ga- four games had a game of cricket on. And David Earsfield's just verified that it's Joe Harvey, so I'll tell you, they're all at it tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, it was fantastic. So, I mean, well done to Bolton, because they did what they had to do. They got the game played. You know, and you think about that, all the games that was off, there's Bolton on a public playing field, and they got it played. I think that's highly commendable. Yeah, yeah. Hats uh, off uh, all the way around. Uh, ben Ryder, a cracking 72, accompanied by Chris Dobby... <coughs> 35 and 31 from Ryan Charlesworth and then Ryan nipped in with the best bowling figures, 9 overs 1 maiden 3 for 36 um, so yeah, an excellent effort from there, from Boulderton and it's, it, it sort of sets them up to go again, now um, over at Dalefield, Collingham didn't quite manage to do the same Pipes, he tells us, from the minute they lost the toss, there was chasing the game, but they finished that game Gary, at 10 past 9 and they've still got the result in to me on time. <laughs> he says the fielders hadn't got a clue where the ball was coming. We had a bit of a debate about this, you see, because um, I think it was back to the Bolton match. One of the umpires didn't want to continue, or causing I can't remember which ground it was. One of the umpires didn't want to continue. One was okay with it. One said no. But both teams wanted to play. And this got Tony on his high horse a little bit, saying teams shouldn't be persuading umpires it's their decision because they're the two people that can put the sa- that can look after the safety of the players not the players dictating to the umpires tony is 100 percent right oh. Absolutely. That's a, that's a first. the umpires well i used to be the umpire's secretary of the south not three <laughs> and if you're a, any umpire is in sole charge of the health and safety uh, of all the players on the pitch and the welfare of any minors. And they're at the last of this now. <laughs> so, Tony, top marks. <laughs> Thank you. Ma- okay, let's move swiftly on. Um, just very quickly, with you, because I, I mentioned it to him at the top of the show. Um, the ICC World Cup is six and a half weeks, yet we've lost three games, probably four games now, without a ball being bowled in this awful week. Why on earth can't we have reserve games? They say it's reserve days. They say it's too hard logistically to arrange them. It can't be that difficult, because I can remember when matches had reserve days in in the days before everything was on TV. Well, the World Cup now is a lot bigger than it used to be. Uh, As I say, like with the football, we're not governed now by the crowds, the people that watch the game. We're governed by that little rectangular box that's all in our living room. And that's exactly the point. And that is exactly why, you know, like, the Premier fixtures have come out tonight. And if you notice, the big boys are on telly the first weekend. Yes, I noticed Manchester United's at at, at home again on Boxing Day, and their last three matches of the season are nice, easy ones. And I I won a £5 at work today, because I bet that won at 8 o'clock this morning. Right, I want to talk to you and to Tony now, um, because this is something that we're probably going to continue on um, the occasional um, Thursday night all through the season when the weather's not not been kind to us. I want us to work out what we think is our best England side over the last 50 years. Because I think we can all go back 50 years. I, I struggle, but you two will be all right. <laughs> I, think we, I think we can all go back 50 years. So... 
in the next ten minutes tonight, I want to do the two openers and num and the number three. So, who do you gentlemen think England's best two openers have been over the last fifty years? I'll start the ball rolling and put for the openers. One of them, I think, has got to be Alistair Cook. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Other one, Jeff Boycott. Well, I didn't include Boycott in my list because he didn't play. Uh, he started his career prior to the last 50 years. So I've only started my list from the players that played from the 1st of January 1970. Well, well you, you've got an advantage on me there, Gary, because it's the first I've heard about it. <laughs> well, there you go, you see. You see, this is where, Gary, you have to remember that Tony is a professional journalist, yeah. so he doesn't yeah, need time to think. <laughs> right, so, all three of us agree around this table that Alistair Cook is one of the yeah. owners. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your other one, then, Gary? Well, I dismissed Triscothic. I dismissed Strauss. So I went, in the end... For Graham Gooch. Well, I wouldn't argue. No, that's uh, yeah. I go along with that. That's an all Essex opening partnership, then, isn't it? The Sorcerer and the Apprentice. Because it was both mm. Essex, wasn't they? Yeah. 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 So I think um, the all-time list that I was looking at, by the way, um, had Len Hutton as the other opener alongside Alistair Cook. But I thought that goes sort of too far back, but would you agree that Len Hutton would have a shout in it if he went on an all-time list, Gary? Never saw him play, mate. My dad talked about him. Um, some of the old stalwarts of the league that serve on my management committee will have no doubt put him in, but if you've never seen somebody play, you can't It's difficult, isn't it? So, we'll stick, we'll, like we'll stick with what we know. Um, the very difficult position of number three, which England traditionally have had problems with. Um, so, while Tony has a couple of minutes to think about his number three... Um, yeah, I've got it now. He's got it. OK. Ken Barrington. You're going back too far again. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 going I'm, back, I'm very yeah. old. The phone rang earlier during the show. The, rules. the phone rang a bit yeah, earlier during the show, Gary. It's about number five, though. There you go, you're wrong again. Not in my time. Barrington, <laughs> it, was, it was Boycott, Edrich, Cowdery... Graveney, Barrington, Dolivera, Knott, Snow, Higgs, Hobbs, Alan Ward. They are as an England team. This point, no, you see, this point knows this stuff. <laughs> so you rethink <laughs> Ken Barrington, because he, he's out, no, of our, no. out of our criteria. Let's see if no, you've no, got no, who I've got no, then, no, Gary. Go on. David Gower. Yeah, that's exactly the name here. David Gower. And if you think about it, Tony... Yeah, yeah. Probably the most graceful batsman England's ever produced. Um, he, my, made it look, <coughs> he made it look so easy. Left-hander, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, left-hander. My Still a better batsman than he is a presenter, by the way. <laughs> 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 my only worry about Gower would be that uh, it was a bit wafty. He, 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 he tended to give his wicket away. At number three, you still want somebody of the boycottian nature, don't you? 
David Gower is England's fourth highest run scorer of 8,231 runs at an average of 44.25 towards the end of his career. I know what you're saying, Tony. Mm, mm. But David Gower in his Vaughan. pump... I did consider Vaughan or sustaining that, but uh, no, it's dead easy. I think when you come up against them two, it, it's got to be Gower, hasn't it? Now, this is going to be an interesting one because number four on this list that I have found... Um, <laughs> he's not everybody's favourite cricketer. Let's... And he played in the, he played in the not Premier League. Go I on. I know who you're talking about. Right. And he's my number four as well. And he's not English? No. Nope. Okay, we're on the same wavelength then. Who's your number four, Tony? Kevin Peterson. Kevin Peterson. All right. Again, without a shadow of a doubt. What do you make? My four automatically picked themselves so far. What 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 do you make of Kevin Peterson the person, Gary? I ask you no, that because no, we've had no, Paul, no. we've had never, Paul Johnson. Well, obviously, never met him. Caused very opinionated. Uh, I agree though with an awful lot of what he says. Like the uh, the guy from Durham. Remember when uh, Talk Sport interviewed yes, him? Yes, and he said he, he'd never make a batsman as long as his. Two words were combat. Yeah, and he's been proven right. I think he, 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 he wait, his marmite. You either like him or loathe him. Uh, and I think there was a click in the English uh, dressing room. Swanee, Broad, and Anderson. Who um, carry an awful lot of weight, and uh, they decided they didn't want KP. And I think the others were pressured into agreeing with that click. But what a shame. What a shame, because... But 50% he brings on himself. But to say, his mama, I love, you know, I love watching the guy, you know. If you like at him as a batting talent... Yeah, you're on about picking the best team, you're not about picking... Yeah, exactly, that's exactly the point. You're not... You, in the world. You know, when, yeah, we're not talking about what people think of him. As a batting no. talent, Peterson has got to be in there. When, when he first yeah. came to Trent Bridge, <coughs> um, I went down to uh, the bridge... And watched him bat in one of his very early games, if if not his debut, uh, against Durham University, and he was pure entertainment. He got 121 in about 10 minutes, and then smacked a left arm spinner up in the air and walked off. And the left arm spinner dropped the court and bowled, and Peterson had to walk back from the pavilion. It was it was just absolutely pure entertainment, and irrespective of the character of the bloke. You would want him in your team every time. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop at at four, and we'll re and we'll revisit this one. Actually, hopefully not next week because we'll be talking about local cricket. But we'll revisit this <laughs> one um, the next time the weather doesn't behave itself, which probably will be next week. So keep your stats on that one, Gary. Keep keep all your notes. Uh, oh, and I know. Yeah. Yeah, I've got them, mate. Okay, I'm just putting them away now. And we and we will re and we will um, revisit. Um, assuming that we have a nice dry day tomorrow and the sun shines, and again on Saturday, and we do actually play cricket, what can we expect from this weekend? Right, I shall fire away. I've done my list. Um, Division A, Collingham in sixth place, entertain the surprise team of the season in fourth place, which Bridgefordians. It'll be a good game. I predict the team that bats first are going to win there. 
Uh, West Brisbane, of course, have got um, Re- Re- yeah, it, who is a, a cracking run scorer, isn't he? Yeah, run machine yeah. at the moment. Um, Boulderton, in as you said earlier, Tony, uh, in ninth place, are at Collingham's uh, opponents from last week, Carrington Cavaliers. And they're in fifth at the minute. They leapfrog Collingham, so a tough assignment for Boulderton there. Probably their best hope is to again bat first and use the best of any conditions. What, what's the what's Carrington's ground? Was it old up or? Well, it's their. It's a funny setup there. Their first team is in the Premier League, and then their second team is in the top flight of the Bassett Law, and their third team is in the top flight of Hourly, and they they tend to switch. Because you're allowed to do so, they tend a danger switch players there's quite a lot of new names that have come into that team so and I don't know which ground they're playing on because obviously Bolsover Park was where the first and seconds normally play and I know they've got a new ground this year and I, to be honest I haven't looked at where they're playing so apologies for that there's another lovely picture if anybody's interested in cricket and you've got to be to listening to this just go on to facebook and uh, go on to that cricket grounds of britain because there's a picture of chertsey cricket club now uh, and there's a couple of guys in a boat in front of the pavilion <laughs> in cricket gear fishing <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <Well>, brilliant <laughs> I tell you what, there's, there's a, a video on youtube nick if you type in ambergate cricket club which is obviously in derbyshire there's a video of a guy on a speedboat on there from <laughs> about 10 years ago <laughs> right i'm losing time carry on gary i'll stop interrupting right so in division d newark <laughs> ransom and miles top of the pile look to have an easy game against east bridgeford are in eight but at that higher level you take nothing for granted match of the day in that feature in our side see second place bingham entertain third place Farndon. We move down to Division E where Flintham, who are lying second, play bottom of the league Burton Joyce, whilst Collingham in fourth have a tough trip away to Young Lions. Cornton in sixth in Division G play bottom of the table Stableford, where I was born. Boulderton in fifth place in Division H entertain Gotham. In Division J, Newark runs from a mile second. Second from bottom of a tough assignment away at Kiwa. In Division K, Fawndon in seventh place take on the league leaders and undefeated Nottingham Death. In Division L, Thrumpton, who are sixth, entertain Collingham thirds, who are two places below in eighth. And finally, in Division N, Bingham thirds, who are seventh, entertain Newark Ransom and Marl's thirds. That's what we've got to look for. I'd say my match of the day, if I was going anywhere this week, I'd go to Bingham against Farndon, because I think second and third be a cracker. Let's just hope. Let's just hope. Oh, the way it's been so far this week, I don't think we really stand a lot of hope. But you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Um, we will see. Gary, we'll talk to you again next week, either about... England's middle order or local cricket? I really okay, do hope it's about I shall, England's... I shall look forward again to airing the first part of the show, which I thought was absolutely brilliant between you two tonight. <laughs> well, I'm, try- I'm trying to bring him on. 
I've delayed my tea, mate. I even I'll have it after the show, though. <laughs> right, it's, as long as the wife's come off her phone, it's now tea time. Okay, mate, you take care, both of you. Th- thanks, Gary. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Your check's in the post. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony's already telling me that games are in extreme doubt or they're, they're already off apart from it being made official because they ain't going to get played and we're just talking about Lardham. It's all right if the water goes down on yeah. on Lardham's cricket pitch, but what's it going to leave behind on Lardham's cricket that, pitch that, 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 that's that, going to take... That, that is the problem. It's, it's one of those weekends where you win the toss and play with the tide, isn't it? Well, it, 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 it seems to be like that, but um, I know you, you used to hate these weeks in the paper and oh, it, God, it yeah. makes it difficult... On here as well, but you know you battle on, and we did we did get some highlights last weekend. Um, uh, Chloe Davis, of course, oh, um, yeah. she was um, your new favourite. Actually, I think that's where we ought to go on Chloe Davis because um, when she becomes a superstar, you're going to be the one that turns around and says, "I spotted her." I picked up my. You can tell Dean Sugden that, but I picked up my daughter Bethan from work today, and apparently Chloe Davis's dad. Uh, went into barcode today and was talking to Bethan and said that your dad said some very nice things about my daughter on the radio <laughs> during the during the week, and uh, so uh, Cl- Cl- Chloe's fame is spreading far and wide. There you go, you see, it does. So, I mean, she was one of the stars of last weekend, of course, as was Amelia Crispin. I mean, we've Amelia Crispin been a favourite on this show for countless years but you know she's only 13 but it, it seems like countless since she years, was but, young i mean um, and amelia does what amelia did best she was second in a triathlon in leeds in the morning jumped in dad's car dad drove her back down to newark to come second in the not schools athletics in the afternoon and it's commitment and dedication like that which makes me think that um, amelia is going to go an awful long way in the sporting world you see this is where competitive sport comes in I know you're always criticising me for this, but if she'd have come second, she'd have been walking. She wouldn't have been in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw you went very quiet last night on that one. <laughs> James Brinkat-Smith, um, he, he's on his way to Milan. Um, he, he, um, the Open team, I must find out what that means, for the Western European Powerlifting Championships. And uh, again, that, that that's a, a young man that's had a fantastic army career. Yeah. It went wrong for a couple of years, and now he's, he's right back in the limelight again. And, you know, sheer dedication and hard work and, you know, nothing but praise for James. As Mary Swindles um, from the new Newark Tri Club, Newark's youngest club, third in the race group in a national competition, Jason Cobb um, and Stacey Atkins both doing, doing the Ironman, which I think the Ironman to me borders on insanity quite frankly but a lot of these sports people do um <laughs> borders on that in my world because i couldn't even dream of doing them well i think if stacy laughs that much at my pirate joke she's borders on insanity herself really so that's no problem <laughs> um and of course <laughs> stacy and lynn came in to see us on yes tuesday night and entertained us with the um mm. a to z minus x which i still haven't worked out of the of the part running world must be able to get an X together. Well, I think if somebody sort of... It, it's definitely a, an opportunity there, isn't it? Yeah, because all you need to do is find a field in the middle of nowhere and name it the extra sports field or something. Yeah. Oh, nothing's with an E, don't it, idiot? <laughs> 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 oh, 
dear. We've got to mention the phone now, surely. Yeah, got, yeah if, if you recall what well, I tried to tell Gary, if the phone, when the phone rang earlier on, Tony said, who's that? You have to actually answer phones to to get that phone. This is what you're listening to, folks. And if you, if you think we're bad, why are you listening? Um, I wouldn't. Um, no. Anyway... <clears throat> So those two made us laugh, and we still are laughing, really, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. From Tuesday night, and then we both sat back, like sort of kids listening to a story last night. Yeah, uh, as as Pat Bailey told us um, about her life, really. Yeah, in, I mean, from the early days of sports development. I, I was sharing, uh, obviously, um, a microphone with Philippa, but every time I moved it towards me. Uh, so, so, so I could chip in and put one, put, put in one of my pithy lines into the conversation. I mean, I couldn't get a word in. <laughs> I was waiting for it to breathe in. It never happened in fifty nine minutes. But uh, I was, one of the things I was going to say to her when she said, and then I applied for so and so. I was going to say, has anybody ever told you you were overqualified? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but she's a wonderful lady, and. I think there's a lot more to come from from that lady about mm. her, her, her mm. trips abroad and um, the sports volunteering. And on the more serious note, and this is a question really that we're going to concentrate on next time she comes in, get her opinion on why is it that Libby Johnson had to find three and a half thousand pounds to represent a country, <coughs> and why is it that um, Ed Howlett's mum had to take him all over Europe mm. um, so he could become the star that that he is. Uh, and they get no help at all off the governing bodies, yet individual footballers can be paid £100 million a year. But you, That's my gripe, and I know I'm an but, idealistic. But, but, but you cannot cram that into, oh, by the way, while you're here, can I just No, I this? can't, and that's why she's got to come th back. Th that is a 59-minute 50 show, plus another two or three 59-minute shows. That, that's why she's got to come back. Zara Jackson's coming in next week. Zara is one of the leading lights at Newark Tennis Club. She's also one of the leading lights at Newark Hockey Club, and she's also very shy and it took me about two years to persuade her to come and we had a bit of a bet in the end tony she said if two newark tennis clubs got promotion she would come into the studio and i got that noted down and guess what <laughs> two newark tennis teams got promotion who yeah. was straight back to her five seconds after she told me yeah. so she's coming in to see us next week and it's going to be a couple of nights next week when it's just me and thee. the first night now is into a bit of a routine wednesday night i want to have a look at the premier league and uh, we may get a football supporter in at some stage and then again we may not um but i want to look at the premier league fixtures and who we think are going to do well in the premier because at the end of the month our resident referee is coming in to see us andy hind to talk about the new laws of the game yeah so, uh, that one's going to be an entertaining one but what's coming up next is dean anderson who's out here with his entourage of hundreds again he's the only man that can get 18 people into this studio the dean anderson show to come next